Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, 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 yo. We are back, back for episode 71 Whew. of Drunk on Broad. We got we got the Drunk on Ice crew here. Oh, listen, there's ho- hockey just ended, so we're going to talk some hockey, but we're going to talk some hoops, we're going to talk some baseball, talk some 4th of July. Jay, welcome in, brother. What's going on? Dude, I feel like we never left our chairs from last night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, yo, Jay, the, the conversations there got a little real, um, but I think the important thing is, is that we're having the conversations. The conversations are out there um, on your uh, your Hate to Feel uh, show, and, you know, super kudos for you for, you know, putting that platform together for people to be able to have that opportunity to be able to talk about some some funky stuff and, you know, be able to have those real conversations without anybody, you know, getting really offended. So thank you. Well, I, I appreciate the kind words and I appreciate you, uh, you know, being a part of it. And I know I'm sure it won't be the last time I have you on as a guest, but I, I, I know that um, I really appreciated you giving your perspective on, you know, being a teacher and, and, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that's, you know, going on now today, mm-hmm. obviously with the COVID stuff and the other kind of stuff we talked about. So kudos to you. Appreciate it. And, uh, as always excited to be back, uh, in the chair, ready to talk some shop with you here. And, uh, as you mentioned, we're going to get started with some hockey. Obviously yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since we've, Talked about hockey. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a couple of weeks, but listen, yeah, you, know, you got uh, 
you had some insanely as, as ticky tack foul the 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 penalties were called during the playoffs it was really good hockey in that final the matchup between the lightning and the avalanche played out almost exactly the way we thought it might just battling back and forth you know you you, you have you know colorado takes game 1 4 3 and then they take game, game 2 game 2 jay to be truthful i thought the series was over when they when they win game 2 7 zip and they just put an ass whooping on them you know i didn't think tampa had it in them to battle back like they did but they did yeah, and I, and I don't want to say that I, you know, pounded my chest, but I actually did. I, I, I believed in the Lightning the entire, you know, even up until game six, um, you know, when they lost. Uh, I, I Obviously, you know, I, I predicted – actually, I think both of us predicted the Lightning in the beginning of the year, and we both predicted the Lightning to beat the Avalanche, so – we had the two teams right. We just had the wrong outcome. Right. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Uh, listen, Adam, Chris, Mike, all checking in. Um, Mike, listen, at, at the end of this Stanley Cup conversation, you know, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't touch base on this. The, 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 the goalie that the Flyers had just signed from Russia, who's now in Russian federal custody, uh, it, you're right, Mike. That story is fucking bananas. Um, but Jay, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no. It. So, I mean, obviously, like I said, we both we had both of the teams right. Uh, the wrong outcome. I mean, I will say I'm happy for the Avalanche. I, I I was, I I only wanted the Lightning to win because I I appreciate greatness and and I wanted to kind of see a three peat because of the fact that it doesn't happen very often very often it's mm-hmm. extremely rare obviously i had mentioned before that the bulls were the last team to three-peat that you know right. that 1990s era of the bulls so i was kind of wanting that but i'm not gonna lie i am happy for the avalanche and i think it couldn't have happened to a better franchise you know a franchise that definitely deserves it um you know they've won cups prior but it's been a while and i think you know, this team is, is built for the long haul. And I, I think both teams, as you said, it, we saw superior hockey. It, it, it was basically like the two teams that should be there, it, it, you know, even on paper, because you look at the rosters and, I mean, obviously, you know, the or, yeah, the Oilers, you know, had a star-studded roster as well. But I think the Oilers were more of like a – if you look at the Oilers, they're more of like a top-end team. They have like – they're top-heavy. They have a Correct. couple guys that are extremely great, but their roster up and down is not as balanced as Tampa or Colorado. So I think – No, 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 not at all. You're right. You're right. Two teams that- Edmonton, Edmonton is very top-heavy. And then the, the, the drop-off between the top and everybody else is significant where, you know – the 
the thing I want to touch on something you just mentioned the the way that those two teams were built very similar right the the way that Tampa and Colorado were built a lot of internal player development a lot of drafting the right guy scouting the right guy developing the right guy and getting them all to kind of thrive all at the same time, right? You know, like look, look no further than the guy that won the MVP, right? Cal McCarr is a guy who, how, how, how you can look at, and, and I know it's revisionist history, right? But how you can look at him and then draft somebody else, I just have no words, Jay. I don't know. <laughs> and, and like we've said before, that, that's a whole different show, right? All of the missed opportunities in terms of draft picks. Um, but- I swear we are going to have that show, folks. Actually, I think you, Don, <laughs> Joe, and Rich, all of us. Oh, my God. That show. On, on worst, you know, the ineptitude of drafts in Philadelphia history and, 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 the, and the history of that. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, I, right. mean, I mean, Kale Kel McCarr, obviously stud. Um, but I, I, I think it speaks more so to Colorado's development mm-hmm. more so than him actually being an elite prospect coming out. Because I think if you did, and, and you call it revisionist and it is kind of revisionist, it's pl- pl- it's probably us playing Monday morning quarterback, but the fact remains, like, obviously, Nolan Patrick at this point is a bust. We all know that. <laughs> obviously, at the time, a lot of people wanted him. And yes. Yes. Let, at the and, time, and, he was probably one of the better prospects coming out. So you couldn't really fault them at that point. But I think Kel McCarr tells the story – to me of how good Colorado is at actually developing the players, because he's not a guy that just burst onto the scene. He's slowly become better every year. Right. Obviously this year it culminated in, you know, being the MVP of the, you know, of the finals. But I mean, I I know I'm cherry. I know I'm cherry picking facts here (laughs) to fit my narrative. I know. And that's okay. I'm I'm, going to be honest with myself. I know. It just it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see the failed draft picks and then the guys that the guys that are drafted after them that go on to be successful. Um but Jay, the 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 type of hockey that we saw throughout these games, speed, efficiency, Jay, I, I could comfortably say that the worst play in each game was better than anything I saw with the Flyers all year long. I, I mean, yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> right? well, I, I mean, you heard it right out of the horse's mouth. I, I hardly, I probably watched maybe three Flyers games in total in the second half of the season. Yeah. And that doesn't make me less of a fan for all those people out there that did and criticized me, it, whatever. I didn't want to watch it because I was so disgusted. And that's my prerogative. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm sure. not a Flyers fan. 
it means I was absolutely appalled at the, right. not only the way the team played, but the way that this season just disintegrated and the lack of care from the franchise. Right. Even admit that there was a failure. And then, of course, that culminated in trading away Giroux, who is really the only player that I really liked left on the roster besides Carter Hart. Right. Um, but what I will say is I did watch just about every minute of the Stanley Cup Finals. And that was because of the fact that the hockey was just awesome. The pro- I, the product the product on the ice was yeah. phenomenal. Right? I mean, who- and, and that that game six where they win two, you know, Colorado wins two one. Even even down until the last couple plays, right? It's you you could not take your eyes off of that game, um, and you know, and, and Colorado wins in six, right? <laughs> and I think I got to bring this up. To see how they are handling this cup. To see even within the first 10 minutes of them having it. And it already gets the dent in it. You saw the guy holding it above his head, falling down. Just fun. like I, I, I can say this. They're enjoying themselves. And they've earned that right to just do whatever they want and enjoy it as much as they possibly can. Um, I can't tell you that if I were in their position, I probably wouldn't be doing – I'd be doing the same thing. Well, I saw the Twitter uh, today of the guy in bed with the sheet over – I guess he's naked under the cover. <laughs> he's got the cup laying there. He was sleeping with it. I, I mean, that. that – I mean, that to me is pretty – actually pretty cool. Like, that's that would probably awesome. be me sleeping with the cup. Like, <laughs> I love it. But – yeah, I agree, Mike. Um, yeah, listen. At the end of the day, they're 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 young guys, and yo, know, it's dude. When you win a cup, like that's what's so frustrating because we haven't won since nineteen seventy five. Forty six, dude. They haven't won. They didn't win. I wasn't born the last time they won. That's what's bad. And I'm forty six yeah. years old. I'm old, guys. So. Yeah. I just want one cup. Like I, I said it about the Super Bowl and we got 2017. Well, now I need that from the Flyers yes. sometime before 2049. Well, listen, to to just kind of to talk to let's talk about the, the Flyers for half a second, right? You got the draft coming up at the end of this week, right? And Chris wants to know who 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 do we think the Flyers are gonna pick? Um and I listen, I'm I'm gonna go right to to one of one of our probably most trusted people that we trust in terms of their opinion with the Flyers, right? And and, and Jesse brings up either you know Savoy or Nimchek, right? I, I think th- there's enough talent for me at the top of this draft that you're going to be able to get somebody who can impact this team. In not a long timeline, right? It, it, there's enough guys in this draft that, like, they pick the right guy. It that they don't have to wait three to five years to be able to get to the to the Flyers to become an impact player. Oh, you have a guy in mind, Jay? I I mean, I I, I think Jesse's spot on with both of those guys. I I mean, I I don't. Per- 
I don't project myself as a, as a draft expert, but I, I, I've kind of researched both of them, you know, in, in minuscule ways. And I, I, I've, from what I see and the reports are, I, I, I like what I see from both of them. I think if I had my preference, I'd like Savoy personally, okay. but I'd be happy with either one. I mean, obviously you're going to get a good player in this pick. I mean, it, it's, it's just a matter of can the Flyers develop said pick because that's what's frustrating. Correct. Like, I, I, It's not that I don't think that we just fail in who we draft necessarily. It's more so a failure of being able to get those guys to the next level and have them succeed. Because I, I look at a guy like Morgan Frost, who I, I still believe Morgan Frost has a lot of talent. I just don't know. if the Flyers have failed him or it's been him that's kind of not lived up to expectations. Like, whose fault is it? Or is it a little bit of both? I, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell because Morgan Frost really didn't play that much in the NHL. Like, he right. hasn't had a huge body of work. So it's not like I could sit there and say, oh, well, he doesn't do this well or he does that well. Like, I saw some improvements with him at, towards the end of the year. But like I said, it's not a large enough sample size for me to turn around and say, well, he's a bust or he's a failure. But I don't also see enough there to say, wow, I think the Flyers really got something there. To, to be hard. truthful, Jay, it's it, it, it's there, there's a shared responsibility, right? There, there's a shared responsibility from the organization's standpoint of putting the right people around them to be able to develop them into viable talent at the, at the National Hockey League level. But there's also some responsibility on the player, right? To, you know, if they're not being productive, to advocate for themselves and say, hey, listen, what, whatever you got me doing isn't working. Let's try something different um, because a lot of these kids ha have been in player development programs. Let's, let's be honest, probably longer than they could walk, right? They, they, they've been in those skates before they could walk. So to me, it's a shared responsibility, right? But um, I'm trying to think here, like, like and Adam, the the coach Tortorella, I, I like it. I, I I like it from a standpoint where you have the opportunity to be able to get a guy in there. It's not going to take anybody's bullshit, that he's going to hold people accountable. I did, do. I think that he's the kind of coach that is going to lead, turn around, and you know put them in in, in the contention for a cup. That that's not where this team is. But do I think that he's the coach that could get them to the next stop where they are holding each other accountable? They're contending for a playoff spot. Maybe they win a round in the playoffs. I think I think Tortorello could be that guy. Jay, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, as far as the coach, I, I was definitely happy with Tortorella. I, I mean, I, I think you have to get somebody in here that – you know, obviously that word's going to be thrown around a ton with, with Tortorella accountability because that's basically his M.O. Right. Um, I do think there's something to be said 
for when you have a roster that basically was lifeless, you you need yeah. a coach of that caliber to me to kind of like demand, not not ask, but demand the best out of his players and demand effort on a daily basis, on a nightly basis, I should say. It's not daily because they don't play today, but. That's right. Though, but listen, they're on they're on those. I'm not gonna call them off days, but on those non-game days, right? They're oh, yes. they're 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 training, they're practice, right? So there there is an account, and again, I truly believe that that's a shared responsibility, right? It's on the 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 coach and the team and the organization to hold them accountable. But as a professional athlete, when that is your profession. When that's your job, that's that that is your career. It's on you to hold yourself accountable as well. But I think you do have to start asking that. Well, it's probably old hat. But when does it become time to ask the question? When is it the players? Because we've been through how many coaches in this in the in, in this in this city with the Flyers? I mean, recently. Yeah. I, I mean. It's almost like, okay, team fails, replace coach. Team fails, replace coach. But yeah, you, you got to start saying, well, what about the roster? Now, I look at the roster and I look at, okay, what long-term players are still here? Okay. Like, to me, Giroux was kind of the last guy. Like, you had, obviously, Voracek the year before they got rid of Giroux. You know, you had Simone Gagne obviously retire. But, like, I look at that era of, like, the 2010 team that went to the Cup. So, you you don't have anybody left from that era. So, this is more so, like, okay, well, where is this era from? And, and you look at it, and it's a kind of a mixture because you got, obviously, your guys that were drafted in the Hextall era, like your Farabees and Carter Hart. Right. You could go down the list, but you also have – a ton of free agents. You have Kevin Hayes, who was brought in. You know they paid him a lot of money. I think I think you might. Be, I think you. I think this team might be in a position where they see a lot of a lot of changeover. I think you're going to see them, especially with those one year deals. Remember, yeah. I, I can, listen. Go back to our drunk old nice episode one, right where we were high as a kite. High as a kite on on all the guys that they brought in. Um, and they brought them in on one year kind of prove it deals and nobody really proved anything. So I think that gave them the flexibility to be able to move on from those guys that didn't produce um, and gives them the flexibility to be able to go out and get guys that, and I think Tortorella is going to be hands-on in terms of kind of cherry picking guys that he likes to be able to be productive in a system that he plans on running. And, and, and by the way, I like that. I think a coach need. I think we need a coach that's going to stand up to the front office, or you know, aka Bobby Clark and Paul Hungren, because I still believe that at the end of the day, they're the guys realistically pulling the strings. I know gotcha. like Chuck Fletcher's the GM de facto, but to me, it's like he's a figurehead because there's no way in hell that. They go, and then you have those reports that uh, Scott hired that outside firm to actually pick the coach. 
a lot of it just doesn't make sense. To me, it just seems like a franchise that's dysfunctional from the very top. And it just kind of seeps its way down into the ranks of that. But like I said, I want a coach that's going to, because the coach to me is the lifeline of your team. He's on the front line with the team. He's the guy that realistically knows if these guys can play or if they're actually giving a damn. So I think Corella will have no bones about him that he'll be able to go to Fletcher and say, yo, this guy, he, I, I've sat him and he's still doing the same thing. You know, I want him out of here. I'm not necessarily saying you can do that with every single player on the roster, but I think there has to be that, that discussion and that conversation that, listen, I'm not taking shit. I was brought in here for one reason. I was brought in here to win a cup. At the end of the day, is this team even close to that? Probably not. But All right, Jay, here's the, here's the magic question from Chris. <laughs> Chris, don't – Chris, submit a bit, a bit of some advice. I had coffee. I would have spit it out. Uh, <laughs> don't hold your breath, brother. I'm going to say cheering, – Keep cheering on your team, but, yo, Chris. Here, Jay, you take a Here's sip. my prediction. Go ahead. Flyers will win a cup before 2029. You think? Yeah. So I think, I, this... I, I think I think it has to change. And sooner or later, I think we have to start kind of going back to the, the good side. Like, we've been pretty much – even keeled a mediocre for, for the larger part of 10 years. I mean, right. if you look back, they've what made the playoffs four times. And in, in, since 2011, I think, is it four or five? So it's like every other year, but right. making the playoffs and doing anything in the playoffs is a different story. I mean, 2010, you made it to the finals. And the only other year that you made it a decent, semi-decent run was three years ago when you know, you played Montreal in the second round. Or was it Mont- – no, you played – you lost to the Islanders. You beat Montreal. Right, 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 Islanders. Um, and that was that, you know, team that I really think overachieved. I mean, Carter Hart was playing out of his mind. He pretty much stole the end of that season and, and the playoffs. I mean, um, but overall body of work, it's been mediocre. So, I – I'm ho- – I, I, maybe it's a hope and a prayer, but I got my fingers crossed that it's going to turn around. It's just a matter of how quick can that turnaround be? And is it going to be a full-on rebuild where they just blow it up and just keep a couple guys? Or is it going to be kind of a retool where you get rid of the dead weight and you get some guys that actually can play some hockey? I don't know. I don't, I don't have that answer. I'm not, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. No. I'm telling you right now, if it doesn't change, I, I am going to be so pissed off. Jay, listen, it, here the hard part for me, right, is that I have to take the orange. I have to take the orange goggles off and look at this realistically. And and when I see what I saw in that Stanley Cup final, yeah, they're not close. The team that I'm watching isn't even playing the same sport. They're not they're, like that. That that is the equivalent, Jay. Like 
you go just go back to high school, right? You remember watching the varsity team and then the JV team, right? Like whether it was basketball or football, like the difference between the the varsity team that played on Saturday night and the JV team that played behind the school on Monday afternoon are two completely different animals. And that's where I feel like you know, where this team is. Mike goes to, I mean, you're 20, not wrong. to a 20-58. Good God. Who knows? Listen, I, I, I hope it's sooner than then. But, listen, you know, Jay, we're going to wrap up the hockey talk with a, with, with a suggestion uh, from Mike uh, about there's a uh, – what's he say? So there's a document there's – there's an unrivaled documentary on – uh, ESPN plus about the, the as Red Wings rivalry in the late nineties, Mike, that's going to be, that, that, that's going to be a must watch tomorrow. That's, oh, that, that, yeah. that's a good, that's a good recommendation. Um, Jay, any other hockey stuff before we kind of jump into the NBA real quick? Uh, no, I mean, I think we pretty much touched on it. Basically the bottom line is the abs and, Lightning are built for the long haul, and they're elite. And the Flyers have a lot of they ain't they ain't going anywhere anytime soon. So with that, listen, let, Jay, we can jump right in. The NBA offseason has been insane. That that when, when that free agency period hits at six o'clock on Thursday. You, you couldn't refresh the Twitter feed fast enough to keep up with all the stuff, um, you know, and we can just kind of go down the list. But it, 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 was there any deal or any player movement that you saw, right? Because the first day you, you kind of had some usual suspects that moved. Um, you had guys that signed extensions. Bradley Beal goes back to the Wizards. Zach Levine goes back to the Bulls. Um Jalen Brunson signs a four-year, $110 million deal with the Knicks. Um, P.J. Tucker, you know, we can start with the home. Let's start hometown team, right? Like, uh, so so the Sixers bring in P.J. Tucker. Right, what, what, what are your thoughts on P.J. Tucker? Well, here's the deal. I don't know much about the guy because I'm not a huge basketball, you know, insider. I don't know a lot about teams outside of Philly. I, I, I know the name Kevin Durant, obviously <laughs> that's a name that I know very well. And I know like, you know, LeBron James, but like, as far as like a guy like PJ Tucker, I know he was at, you know, he, he was on the Houston Rockets. Uh, Correct. When, when, uh, when James Harden was there back in the day, uh, what I hear about PJ Tucker is he's a guy that brings tenacity and grit and a lot of heart, and he could shoot. He could shoot the three ball, and he can pretty much. He's like a small type center that can kind of fill that void that we've been looking for for a long time. So I think he fills a, a huge need that this team has. We didn't have guys that you know had a lot of heart like that, and. We need somebody like that on our roster. Yeah. I know a lot of people are complaining because he's 37 years old, but I, I mean, I look at what he did last year and stat wise, he had one of his best career seasons. So I don't think he's like a guy that's trending in the wrong direction at 37. Right. Um, yeah. 
I, I, let's let's put it this way. I think the Sixers, so far with what they've done, going out and trading for DeAnthony Melton, you know, and yeah, and you know, obviously on the draft night, and then getting PJ Tucker and the, and the, and the couple other signings that they made. It's obvious that their plan was to fix the two major areas of need. And those two areas were to get more athletic, which DeAnthony Melton is definitely athletic. Correct. DeAnthony Melton can also shoot, and he can shoot the three. Right. Thanks, Moyo. I appreciate you, brother. Yep. Um, you got, obviously, P.J. Tucker, as I mentioned, he's going to bring he's going to bring the heat. He's going to be that in-your-face type guy that we were missing. Right. He's tenacious. And the other signings, obviously, you're helping your bench. So I, I don't necessarily think the Sixers are done. But if you ask me today, if they are done, if they've improved, I think it's obvious that they improved the areas that they needed to fix. Now, yet to be written is whether James Harden will actually come back and be the player – that we got when we first got him in the regular season as opposed yeah. to James Harden that we saw in the playoffs. Because if we get James Harden that we got in the beginning of the season when we traded for him, that 22.10 rebound type guy, I don't think you need more out of James Harden because you still have Embiid and you have Tobias, who I actually think was pleasantly surprising in the playoffs. I thought Tobias was actually their best player Besides Embiid in the playoffs, um, yeah, and I look at Maurice Maxey as as the X factor because he he went from like here to here, and yeah, oh. another kind of incremental jump like that. I, I think the Sixers, you know, listen, there's there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of exponential growth, right, yeah. with Maxey, and you need James Harden to be Chris Paul, right? That you, you see where Chris Paul was in his career and where he is with the Suns. If James Harden can be that guy that facilitates, right? That guy that is able to get into the paint and then dish and create space for guys. Right. Here's what I like about these moves. It pushes guys like Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz and, you name it. It pushes those guys further away from getting productive minutes because those guys aren't – they're not productive NBA players where, like, a guy like P.J. Tucker is – if he slots into that role in the starting five where Matisse Thibel was playing at the end of the season and in the playoffs – Right, but Matisse Thibel was a hole on defense, or a hole on offense. He was productive on defense, and then that kind of trickled and waned. But like, you're replacing him with a productive, seasoned NBA veteran, and a guy that is his only role on the offensive end is the is going to be to stand in the corner and hit threes. That's his job, right? And then on the defensive end play lockdown defense and get boards, right? His role was not going to be really, really difficult. Daniel House is is a 29-year-old 
NBA veteran, right? But a guy who shoots in the mid to high 30s from the three-point is athletic. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Like the D'Anthony Melton, he's 24 and is a better, younger version of kind of what Danny Green is. I like those moves because those moves push those other guys that I think are mar- – they're, they're like – I heard Dom say this on on, uh, on Fired Up with you guys on Monday night. He's a 4A guy, right? He's a guy who's just good enough to be better than – like the G League, but not good enough to be really good in the NBA. So, like, he's in that flux. So, I think that I like where they are. I And, Jay, I'm with you. I don't think they're done. I think there's a good chance that that those guys that we just mentioned, right, Matisse Thibel, I think Tobias Harris, Corkmaz, Shake Milton, um, I think those guys could be trade candidates as either small packages or part of a package um, as much, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to pull up Mike here, right? Mike, Mike's the only one who doesn't want Kevin Durant. Um, Mike, listen, for as annoying as, as he might be, he's a top three guy. If you put him on the same court with Embiid and Harden and PJ Tucker, that that you're you're writing yourself to be right in the position to be at the top of the East all year long, um, and I think that's a guy that that's the caliber of player that I'm willing to sell on a young talent like it like like Maxi. I I can't, but I can't. I'm not going to trade him for somebody else, right? But if it's a chance. I just think at the end of the day, as much as Embiid wants the Sixers to go all in and push all in, I don't know if at the end of the day the package that they have is going to be 
better than something like like right now the perennial favorite is the Suns, right? The Suns are the favorite to get because they have young athletic wins. They got a stockpile of draft picks. Um, I mean, it, if you get Kevin Durant, to me, that would be like the equivalent of getting Aaron Rodgers on the Eagles. Truly. Dude, I'm serious. Like, that, yeah, you're right. that level. Yeah, I mean, Pat Mahomes, like, he's a top – you said top three. I think Kevin Durant, whatever conference he's in, he, he drives whatever conference is better. If he's in the West, the West will be better. If he's in the East, the East will be better. That's how much of an impact he has on the league at this point, even at 33. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Mike. I can't stand the guy. I think he is annoying. He's very arrogant, and he's not – the most, let's say, just doesn't seem like a nice guy. But you know what? At the end of the day, I don't need a nice guy. I want somebody that's going to help us win. And right. honestly, if we got him, I think that would probably be one of the best signings that Philadelphia's ever had. Oh, really? tra- well, if we, I, we'd have to trade for him. So it would be one of the best trades ever if we were to get Kevin Durant. I mean, like I said, it's, it's the equivalent of getting a top guy in their sport. I mean, it, it would be like getting – I'm trying to think in baseball. I mean, it would be like trading for Mike Trout. Or, yeah, exactly. Mike Trout. Like, one of them. Yeah. I mean, it's that level. So, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, I see all the rumors out there that – well, not rumors, but the fact that he's part owner of the union – yeah, I mean, like listen, he owns, he, owns a, he owns a 5% stake in the union, yes. He's involved in the investment group with, with Michael Rubin, yes. Um, but listen, those guys have their their hands in, in, in business ventures all over the U.S. So, yes, there is some stuff here. Do I think at the end of the day that's enough for him to – walk in there and say, I'm only going to the Sixers? No, I don't. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, it depends on where he wants to go. But I also think that the Sixers do have enough ammo if, if you were to offer, say, Tobias, Maxi, Tybal, and like three first-rounders, I think that would get it done. But – I mean, but, you, Jay, you look, at that, you look at that PG trade, right, when Paul George gets traded to the Clippers – Right, they gave up five first-round picks, Shea Gildress Alexander, and a bunch of other guys. Like that, that package. I mean, even Jay, look at the look at the package for a guy like Rudy Gobert today. Right, Rudy Gobert gets gets shipped off to Minnesota, and the the amount of talent, and I won't say talent, but the the. The Timberwolves are are sending Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, their first round pick from this year, Jared Vanderbilt, and multiple first round first round picks for Rudy Gobert. And now the and here, here's the part for the Timberwolves that I don't understand right now is that it, it in a league that is trending younger, positionless, more athletic, they're going on the complete opposite end. And they're going to pair two really big dudes in Cat 
and Rudy Gobert with Anthony Edwards, which I think, you know, Cat's going to step out and Cat's going to be a four, right? He's going to be your, your, your swing guy that's going to stand on, on, on the perimeter and kind of play that role similar to what Embiid does. But you're also going to have a guy like Rudy Gobert. I think t- what teams are going to start doing on them is exactly what, the, what you saw in the finals, is just run up and down because those two guys are not going to be able to keep up with them athletically. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I think at the end of the day, my opinion is that the Sixers have improved, and obviously, oh, yes. if we got Kevin Durant, we you know that, that would be like, I'm not saying definitely guaranteeing a chip, but it would be probably your I mean, best chance ever. It, it, in, Jay, in the longest of times, and this might be over the head of some of the people tuning in or listening back, but like it would be the equivalent of what the Sixers did in the early eighties when they got Moses. Moore. Oh. Right. They, they got that. And as soon as the Sixers made that trade, they, they were light years ahead of everybody. And they kind of, they basically rolled through the regular season right into that championship. So um, would I love for it to happen? I, I'd be going bonkers, but I think for me, I just don't know. Like I look at the trade package that, that, you know, the Phoenix is talking about putting together with bridges, uh, Johnson, the wing, the, and then they're talking about including Deandre Ayton and multiple picks. Like if I, it, it's hard Right, because it, it's all gonna it's all gonna depend on what what the Nets want to do, and I think at the end of the day, the Nets would rather ship them out west and have them play in the Western Conference rather than ship them east and have to face them multiple times throughout the season. Maybe face them in the playoffs. I just want to live in a world where Ben Simmons ends up looking like Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, standing in the living room where there's no furniture. Where he's looking around and Kyrie Irving's gone because he's a kook. And, you know, Kevin Durant is, you know, he, he's gone. And Ben Simmons is going, wait, what? What, 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 what am I doing here? Like, I want to live in that world where, where, where Ben Simmons gets the shaft after the, the, the nonsense that he pulled last year. Yeah, and I mean, I I know there's not an exact known fact of why these guys want out, but you have to believe that a lot of it has to do with Ben Simmons. So what does that tell you? I, I mean, it's yeah. just one more example of how the guy is just not built for the NBA. And I, my hot take this is a this is a hot take. Go ahead. I believe Ben Simmons will be out of the NBA within two years. He will not be playing basketball. Wow. I don't think he cares about it. I, I think he's he, that. He he loves everything that comes with being an NBA basketball player, but doesn't love being an NBA basketball player. Yeah. Right? He had back surgery not too long ago, after he right after he got traded. And then 
was doing rehab, but could couldn't ever get it together enough to play. What's he doing at the beginning of last week, Jay? He's on a he's on a Having boat in he he's on a boat in the middle of the ocean, deep sea fishing. To me, you see a guy that just likes being a he likes being a celebrity and everything that comes with it, but doesn't love all the stuff. So that's where I'm like, it's a guy that had all the talent in the world and didn't want to do anything with it. So, um, uh, who else? Who uh, who got moved today? So the Celtics, the Celtics pick up Malcolm Brogdon from from Indiana in a trade that doesn't make any sense to me. They got back, um, like they got back Daniel Tice. They got back the the big guy Williams. And then picks, which to me, that makes no sense for Indiana at all. The the Hawks trade Kevin Herter. Um, trying to think who else. Who else did I see here? Um, a bunch of dudes that signed max deals. Um, ja. John, how about okay? So let's talk about this for a second, right? John Morant and Zion Williamson both signed rookie max, super max deals, five years, two hundred and thirty million dollars. Tell me what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> how do you look at a guy like Zion Williamson who can't get healthy enough to stay on the floor? And look at a guy like John Morant, who has way out kicked his coverage. How do they both get the same deal? It's monopoly money. Oh, Jay, the 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 number the the number is bonkers. Any normal human being will never understand the idea of getting paid two hundred and thirty million dollars to play a sport. The money is beyond bonkers. But how do those two guys get the same deal? Like, I don't see what the Pelicans see in Zion Williamson at all. Do you I see? Mean, Other than the dude that just got super overweight. I mean, they, they still think highly of him, I guess. <laughs> I mean, look at how much money Tobias Harris got. I mean, I'm not saying Tobias is bad, but. It's just the NBA. The NBA to me is just like it is. It's monopoly money. It's basically guys getting, you know, millions and millions of dollars. To play a sport. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. So listen, I'm gonna keep my keep my fingers crossed on you know the the it seems like the Harden deal is gonna be a, a, a team friendlier deal. You know, probably in the two to three, somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, I want to say like 85, which will probably get done sooner than later. I think once that deal's done, I think then if you're going to see any other dominoes drop, I think you're going to see if they can move Thibel for um, maybe another guy that's in his same position, a guy that's like maybe needs a change of scenery, you know, 
that that might be a move that that you could make. Maybe get somebody who could be more productive on the offensive end. If they can move Harris's contract, I think they might, but I don't think. Um, and, and Chris, you were Chris was asking about the the two guys. Daniel right, Daniel House is a guy that is going to be a, a semi productive, you know, bench player. Uh, and Travell Queen, he was the the G League MVP, um, but a guy who played, you know, a, a end of the game minutes in the NBA. So, you know, if you get anything productive out of those two guys, I think you're you're on the you're on the right track. Absolutely. All right, brother. Let's talk some diamond, right? The Phils, the Phils win tonight. They, they explode in their series finale against the Braves. Talk to me about the Phils. Talk to me about where you're at with the Phils. I mean, it, it's hard to pinpoint my exact pulse, but I will say that I've been saying it since Harper went down. This team still has a decent roster on paper, and they have a lot of players that have underperformed this year mm -hmm. that if those guys can turn it around, I don't think we'll have any issue staying in contention for that wild card. Uh, and that's without even making a trade. Um, I think – Part of me said that I thought that they needed to pull a trigger quick on a trade, but the more I've kind of hemmed and hawed about it, I, I've come to the conclusion I think it's kind of a wait-and-see thing right now because I don't think you want to necessarily make a trade without knowing what you have within. And, and why I say that is a guy like Derek Hall, who 14th-round pick, you know, he's – I looked at his his, his numbers in, in the minor leagues. He's consistently put up good power numbers. So, I, I believe his first year he had 20 home runs. Then he had 26. Then he had 27. Then I think the shortened COVID season he had like 15. Okay. And now he has 20 this year. So, he's definitely a guy that's capable of producing some power. Um, You know, he's a left-handed bat, which obviously Harper, you know, with Harper out, you need that. Definitely. So, like, if, like, listen, he, he's, he's been, you know, the fact that his first three hits in the major leagues are all home runs, right? Has another one tonight, um, puts him up four, three, they go on to, you know, Hoskins homers after him to win five, three. Um, lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky. In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that 
That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. I, I like that they were able to kind of show some resolve in being able to come back um, because they gave up, right? They were down three, nothing early, right? In the third inning, they're down three, nothing. And if there's anything that I've seen, especially in when they were going through that 15 and two stretch, they aren't, I won't, I'm not going to call them like cardiac kids, but they, they are a team that has become resilient in terms of utilizing every single out. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think a lot of that has to do with the manager and how he's kind of rallied the troops. Um, I think I've been saying also that you need to have that better approach at the plate. And, and like you said, you know, if you have guys going up there swinging at the first pitch, you're almost helping the other team. So I think the resolve definitely shows that this team has, has, you know, a lot of heart and, you know, they're playing for this coach, you know, whatever Rob Thompson is doing, he's pushing some right buttons. Has he been perfect? Absolutely not. I mean, there's still some issues on the team. I mean, obviously the bullpen is semi turned it around, but I'm still not sold on the bullpen, so to speak. Starting pitching as a whole unit has been pleasantly surprising, but I would say besides Nola and Wheeler, it's a little shaky for, you know, between Ranger, Eflin, who's now in the IL. Right. Bailey Falter pitched today, which he was kind of so-so. I wouldn't say he had a terrible outing, but it wasn't anything special. And then Kyle Gibson, who – I think Kyle Gibson sometimes he, he he shows that he's like a world beater. I mean, you know, in April and May he, he was dominant, but obviously May and June he's kind of sprung a leak. So, you know, I, I think he's one of them guys that's inconsistent. He, he's capable of being a third starter, but I, I yeah, believe- I'm. A bit closer to being a fourth or fifth starter, and and unfortunately, we don't really have like a superstar third starter. I mean, not that any third starter is a superstar, but there's got there's teams that have third starters that could be aces on some teams. So that just tells you, like, obviously that's not across the whole league, but yeah, listen, okay. he's 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 going to be pitching tomorrow, right? But he he's sometimes. Right, he's four and three with a four point four four eight ERA. Like he, he's yeah, he's a yo-yo. So I, I think the fact that you're seeing glimpses of productivity is a good sign. That's a good place for him to be. Um, I think like like we've talked about on multiple shows on multiple platforms, consistency is important. So until he can put that consistency together. I think he's going to be that sometimes he kind of guy. Um, 
I think if they can go out and acquire a rotation piece, maybe that does slot him further along in the rotation where he doesn't near necessarily have to be relied on as a guy that's going to be insanely productive in your, in your rotation. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I just hope that, you know, my early concern when Harper went down was that, you know, here we go, you know, we're going to have to go out and trade one of our only few assets for a hitter now, because knowing in the deep part of my mind that starting pitching really could be improved on this team. Like, yeah, like, listen, if you had at the end of the day, you know, Aaron Nola and Wheeler are going to drive the bus in the playoffs, but you still need a consistent third starter. And while Gibson is capable, I'm not sold on him. And if you could, if you could improve and upgrade there, I, I I would like that. Oh, definitely. I feel a Listen, little more comfortable if if they kind of wait and see. If if this Derek Hall, it, it might just be a short term solution. But if he can continue to put up some power, and this offense can play, you know, if they can keep winning series, obviously they lost to the Braves. That was a bad start to the to the stretch. But if you can get that turnaround and now maybe win two of three from the Cardinals and just keep the momentum going, yeah. I think then you see what you got. And obviously down the stretch at the trade deadline, a lot of teams sometimes will trade multiple players. You might be able to get a package of a starting pitcher and an outfielder or, or, you know, an an infielder that, you know, can help utility wise. Listen, at the end of the day, if this team can tread water, Come trade deadline time, you're going to be almost ready to get Bryce Harper and Gene Segura back in your lineup. Like that's going to be a like a trade in itself when you get two guys like that back in your lineup. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with I'm with you on that. I think listen, the the DH definitely helps. Right, that saved Harper season because in, in any other previous year, he would have been on the DL. He would have got the surgery a couple months ago and in all likelihood would have missed all, if not most, of the season. So that D, that that DH spot gave them the opportunity to be able to get at-bats for him and let him be productive in this lineup. If if nothing else, Jay, I think having a guy like Derek Hall, right, who – right, you, you can at least have that opportunity for – the DH spot to be a place where he could kind of alternate, right? Maybe he alternates between, you know, first base and DH. Maybe, you know, that, that DH becomes that rotational spot, kind of how they thought they were going to use it, you know, way back when the season started in April. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited about the Phils. I think at, at least they're, mildly relevant where I can, I I can stay interested where I can check some scores. I'm not, it's hard because baseball is like, because there are so many games, you can't sit down and watch every single game. Some of them you got to listen to some of them are on in the background. Um, But I think the fact that I'm still checking in, that's a good sign. 
Absolutely. Well, Jay, before we before we go into final thoughts, Fourth of July is coming up on Monday. Some fun stuff. What what, what do you like about what, what do you like about Fourth of July? Well, it's actually been a long time since I was able to watch fireworks because generally, I work every Fourth of July. Obviously, okay. I'm in retail. I work for a supermarket. And a lot of times I've been at work generally during the evening. So I generally miss fireworks, but I think fireworks to me are still something that I definitely would enjoy doing or going to watch. Um, I've always liked, I remember back in the day as a young kid, even if I didn't go to the Phillies game, I would be able to drive down on 95 and watch the fireworks because they used Ooh. to have fireworks on 4th of July, like when the Phillies were home. Now they don't ever do it on 4th of July. It's always like the 5th or the 10th. or It's always different dates. But like back right. in the day, I'm old. I'm 46. So it used to be when the Phillies were home, if they were on the 4th, they would have the fireworks. So I would be able to like drive down – to Philly. Well, even if the Phillies didn't have the fireworks, they'd have the fireworks, you know, independence, you know, mm -hmm. the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Penn's Landing. Penn's Landing. Fireworks. So either way, you'd get to witness them. So that, that used to be my kind of go-to. Um, obviously, barbecues. I mean, I'll be going to a barbecue this 4th of July with my co-host from Training in the AM, so that's pretty nice. Cool. So Jay, what's Jay? What's your go-to? What's your go-to barbecue food? I mean, obviously the staples, burgers and hot dogs. I mean, that's like the norm. But what I really enjoy is is good ribs. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I, I anything love any, anything special. I mean, nothing special. Just I, I like them slow cooked, and you know really done to the point where it's just like mouth watering. All right. I listen, I, I I'm I, I'm a I'm a ground beef make your own patty kind of hot hamburger guy. Um that, you know, and anything on the grill, right, is, is going to be good. Um I love here's one of the things I love about 4th of July is that it's not about presence right you don't have to bring anything you don't have to give anything to anybody um i know we always go uh we go over to my parents we walk up to there, there's a parade that's like a three minute walk from their house so we walk up we walk up go to the parade come back my parents live in a cul-de-sac so they tape off uh a baseball field in the in the cul-de-sac in the street and then we play wiffle ball all day with all the, you know, the, between myself, my brothers, um, all the kids and, and just, we basically just kind of hang out all day long. Um, and that's the part that I love the part and, and that it, it's, it's kind of like Thanksgiving in a sense where like, there's no presence. There's, it's just about being around family. So, um, that's the part that I love. Um, what did I want? There was something else I wanted to ask you. Oh, movies. You got any any 
in, any any Fourth of July, any, any kind of movies that you you that you like? There's one that I thought of that I that I really like. I mean, I don't know if it's a Fourth of July movie per se, but Independence Day. That's the one I was thinking of. I I, I, I mean, I it. guess it has that theme, but you know. I don't know if it's necessarily like a Fourth of July movie type. It's not. It's not a Fourth of July. Kind of like movie. Die Hard is a, is is a Christmas movie. Exactly. It's signed that same even vibe, though right? A, even though I'm not a Die Hard is a Christmas movie kind of guy, you understand the vibe. Yeah, it, it it it's it's about that camaraderie of like coming together and like doing thing, do, do, doing that thing that's going to unite. A group, um, and I don't know. It's just the, the the interaction between you know between Will Smith and uh, oh, what's the guy? Who's the guy that, that plays the other the other lead character? He's in Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Can't think of his name, the actor, but he's got a very very dry sense of humor, right? But like the the their two interactions and how they play off each other, um, I don't know. It's just fun. It's just a fun, and it's. I know it's called Independence Day, even though it's, but it, but it's 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 a cool, fun movie. Yeah, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, and still, they, it's it, it's cool. How about how about for final thoughts, Jay? What do you got for final thoughts tonight? My final thoughts. Just look out for your people. Just be a presence. Be, be willing to listen and, and just keep an open mind. Uh, you know, any type of holiday, I, I know 4th of July isn't the same level type holiday as Thanksgiving or Christmas, but it's still a holiday. And, you know, be sympathetic to people that maybe aren't necessarily afforded the opportunity to enjoy the holiday or, spend the holiday with loved ones and, and know that a lot of people despise holidays. People that are going through depression sometimes don't want to have the holiday. Yeah. It brings up bad thoughts and, and just be, be mindful of that. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, I don't like being somber on these shows, but I guess my, my biggest frustration lately is the fact that, and I, we brought it up on last night's hate to feel, and I'm going to bring it up again. I'm going to keep being a voice until something happens, but there was another shooting just yesterday. Two cops were killed and five others injured in another mass type shooting event. And it's, it's just, it's too much. It's not, it's never, it's never ending and it's frustrating and this is coming from a gun owner. Something has to be done. Please speak up. And that's my final thought. Jay, listen, I I, I couldn't want to echo your thoughts anymore, man. Like we, we always talk about taking care of your people, looking out for your people. Um, I'm 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 gonna. I, I saw this this feel good story that I'm gonna share. Uh, you know, Max Scherzer is on a on a rehab assignment. Um, he was in, uh, double a, uh, and did a really cool thing for those guys. Cause those guys in the minor leagues, you know, 
that they're not taken care of on on, on nearly the same level um, as the guys that are in the majors. So when those guys go down and they take care of them, it's nice to kind of shed some light. Uh, so the other, the when he was down there for for one game in a rehab assignment, um, shelled out seven grand to to provide bone in ribeye fillet lobster. Um, bought everybody in the clubhouse, every employee, AirPods, um, just for that for 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 that one period of time, right? Was was able to take something and just do something nice for other people. So, um, you know, we need, we need to shed some light on, on those kind of things to be able to get our, uh, you know, the, the idea that our, our athletes are out there doing good stuff um, and, and try to shine some light on that when we get the opportunity to. So, Amen. Uh, yeah. With, with that, Jay, you know the the, the sponsors, your, your your La Terrain watches, your Team Clicks, your Shocked Energy, um, all those uh, the the Streaker Sports, uh, all those can be be found on our link tree. If you go over, if you click on the link that's in the 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 description of the show, uh, and go check that out. Um, Jay, who you got in the USFL? championship game your philadelphia stars versus the birmingham stallions let's go philly let's go here we go let's go philly let's go streaking <laughs> let's go. the sponsor uh, streaker. Jad, I'm so, oh my god we're, we're going streaking here we go <laughs> peace out philly Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.